All right, everybody, welcome to the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show. Ken Smith and Matt Barber with us from, I had to start the podcast recording. We had to do, do it all over again. What's up, fellas? Everybody good? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. good. Matt, how you doing? Matt, Matt Barber, coming to us from his new digs. Check out that background. He looks like he's uh, overlooking uh, Lake Pontchartrain somewhere. (laughs) What lake is that? I'm on Gator. (laughs) You're on Gator Hole. I love it. Yeah, lean up closer to that computer, Matt, so we can hear you good. There you go. Sounded I was just good. hanging out, enjoying the, enjoying the view, enjoying the day. It's it great tomorrow, too. Just just going to get crappier on Sunday, but just chill out, chilling out for a little bit. Well, good for you. Hey, we're going to get to your – We're going to get to – yeah, a good Thursday night talk about barbecue since we can't do any uh, contests yet. But, you know, they're um, – real, real quick, Matt, um, which, which one are they doing in Florida first, do you think? You know, it's probably we're done until probably August, September. Oh my gosh! Because we usually don't have any in the summer, anyways, because it's too damn hot. Yeah, and that's that's usually when most of us go travel. You know, once once uh once the end of May, you know, it's shut down. You hmm. know, just mainly because you can't get any. Any public to come to an event, yeah, it's too hot. So you know, they usually start kicking back in like August, September, October, November, and December, and then January, February, March are like slam packed every week, and then April and May it starts to slow down, and then it just it's crickets, and then we we head up to Georgia, North Carolina, and everywhere else. But there's a that, uh, that's all changed. Yeah, there's a. Um... I want to say Northern Alabama is having a, is hosting a KCBS event within the next month, and uh, they've already said they're going to go ahead and do it, and they're going to, and they've got all the uh, social distancing and all that stuff in order. So we'll see. We'll just have to see. Before we go, Matt, talking about your 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 addition to your sauce empire, your your buddy here on on the screen to your left, my right, Ken Ken Smith. A few weeks ago, I was thumbing through Facebook and came across a, a beard contest, and I know, I know, and I, oh, yeah, yeah. and I thought, <laughs> and I thought, well, we, I got this one. Oh, I'm going to send in my money, <laughs> and I said, I've got the guy, and uh, Ken, you, uh, you took, you took the bait, and uh, entered it, and uh, you tell us which you won one of the categories of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I did. Uh... I sent my photos in. It, you know, it's just a fun thing. It's a fundraiser. Uh, those guys are doing up there at the 43rd Parallel uh, Barbecue Team. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so, yeah, I sent it in, and uh, they had a live uh, judging. You know, these three guys uh, introduced, the, you know, the winners from their, from their garage, you know, which is pretty cool. But they had some, uh, they had some pretty heavy hitters, man, for judges. Uh, yeah, read the Emily. De- yeah, they had Emily Detweiler. You know, she's you know CEO of KCBS. Absolutely. Lou Holter. Lou Holter. You know, she's a TV personality plus, you know, award-winning in KCBS and all that. And also Sandy Brown. Who's she? You know, she's a, Sandy Brown. Is, uh, she's the top female uh, SCA. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. And, she, and I think last that's time Andy I looked, Brown. That's Andy Brown. Okay. Yeah. And so I think the last time I looked, man, she was actually number two overall, uh, March, sometime in March, mm-hmm. in the March maybe. Uh, that's the last time I looked at. It. So she was number two. So she was right there in the running for number one overall, not just the female. And uh, what what category was it that you won? Uh, well, what they did, man. Let me tell you this: as they as they got the uh, what they did, they had a they had the Grand champion, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you know, just like a regular contest, at the grand champion they had the four categories like, uh, you know, the four meets. So whenever they came to my name, they they pulled it out there. They they just like make up a category. 
it's, it's all for fun. And the category they made up for my beard was uh, what we with beards think think we look like, or or no, what we, what we what we with beards think our beards look like. That's what it is. Well, you so stay. It was, it, well, what was the uh, what was the prize pack that you won? Well, I'm still unclear on it. Uh, exactly, they're, they're, they're they're still getting the uh, prizes in. But they had some uh, like smoker building manufacturer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, I know they had a hundred dollar gift certificate and uh, like North Northwoods grooming products, Samuel Adams beer, uh, the Mad Canadian Barbecue Company, Interstate Batteries. So they had, you know, they have, uh, they have quite a few different uh, prizes there, but it, but it's not really about the prizes. It's about the uh, money they raise for the yeah. task force there in Milwaukee. Yeah, well, you know, um, Matt, while we were while we were practicing for the show, um, when you were when you were looking for some equipment, uh, Ken and I were talking about all the neat things that have been going on online and social media that the different barbecue teams have um have done yeah. have you have you have you gotten into any of them Matt? um well i was in that uh wasn't some virtual contest uh i guess it was a month or so ago mm -hmm. but i haven't done any like the online you know taking pictures and doing those cooks i haven't done any of that stuff but i've been uh the only thing I've been doing online is pushing my stuff since my stuff rolled out this last two weeks. I've been, that's really the only online stuff I've been doing is just making posts, putting ads out and pushing, pushing the sauce. But, uh, but no, but some friends of mine have done it and some of the stuff looks great. It's going to be, uh, I mean, I did cook last weekend, you know, I had a few people over and mm -hmm. I cooked some more, a, a couple of the times just take the, the dust off, but, you know, actually taking this break's been kind of nice. You know, it's uh, I'm getting really good at making sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and mixed drinks. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a nice little break. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to it, though. That's for, that's for sure. I can I can open a can of Chef Boyardee now just with one. with one hand. Just pop that top. Hey, talking about the sauces, you've got uh, now. Tell us about the. Um, the three new flavors you've got out and and what I like about it, you're calling it the, the they're called craft sauces. And what tell tell us tell Ken and I and the audience about that. Well, I cut well, they're handcrafted gourmet sauces. And you know, for me, uh, you know, the microbrewery and that type of stuff kind of went with that phrase and and took it and I mean they were you know they're still on fire with it but you know that's that's how I've been making my sauces from the start I mean you know we're hand capping the jars you know we do have a capping machine for some bottles but not all but you know we're touching those bottles three four times you know and it's uh and we're mixing it up we're, we're loading it by hand we don't have machines weighing and dumping stuff out and elevators and conveyors and pipes and tubes I mean it's we're opening up the cans we're dicing the the, the onions we're opening up the mustard we're you know we're weighing out the spices and it's it is a handcrafted micro you know sauce factory i mean it's, yeah. it's, it's as micro batch as you can be you know and and to me i mean we our batches are like 50 gallons at a time so you know when we're shipping out you know pallets of it you know we've got tons of lot numbers in it because we're making it 50 gallons at a time mm -hmm. you know not 5,000 gallons at a time, like, you know, some of the other places. So for me, it is a handcrafted artisanal gourmet, gourmet product. And it's, and it's, you know, I think it makes a difference. You know, when you, when you're hand stirring some stuff and you're checking the consistency, you, you know, you're, you're pulling out a cup and you're looking at, making sure there's no bits and pieces that are too big and everything's mixed well and homogenized. And I mean, it, it's, it's a bit of an art and, you know, that's, that's what I like about, the barbecue process too it's, it's the artistic aspect of it it's it's how the meat looks it's it's, it's the process of, it's the layering of the rub it's the color of the smoke it's to me it's it's almost like painting but you know it's uh and yeah. for me making the sauces 
is like uh, it's, it's art. I mean, you're creating something from nothing, and it's uh, you know it's it's one of the few things that I never knew I was good at. It just kind of turned out I was the idiot savant of sauces, so, <laughs> so I just kind of rolled with it. You know? So what are the what are the what are the three flavors that you got in the uh, handcrafted ones? Well, it, that's that's everything I do. I mean, those are those are just my new labels. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, all, all all of that. I mean, everything everything I make, even even the stuff I make for everybody else, it's still that same process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just notated, I just called that out on my label. Okay. You know, well, so I see you've got Chipotle. You got Chipotle. I think you've got one called um, was it Smoky? What well, is well, it? You, you pulled up some really old. Was that old stuff? You pulled up like a. A 2003 hot sauce. Well, bottle, we'll just get rid no, of that. That's, uh, that's no I'm, problem. I'm going to come out with it again. But it's, uh, you know, I, I've got a Chipotle hot sauce and a peach hot sauce and a cranberry apricot hot sauce mm-hmm. that I've made in the past. And, you know, I've had so many ups and downs in this business and, you know, just kind of fell off. But, I mean, they, they sold well when I made them, but mm-hmm. I just had to reprioritize, you know, my business plan a little bit, but I will be coming out with those hot sauces probably this fall. Um, I'm going to revamp the packaging like I did for my barbecue sauces and, and probably add a few more, more flavors of those. Um, but the, the sauce, the barbecue sauces that I have, I've got a, a competition blues, which is like a competition glaze type sauce. Mm-hmm. I've got a Hawaiian, a peach, a smoky and a mustard. And, uh, those are all, all in, in my brand, and you know, and I use them all in competitions. Every single one of them, and and that's kind of been my goal was to, you know, when I made I made the sauces first, and then I started competing, and I started competing to prove to some people that my sauces would win because they didn't want to use mine because they, they wanted to use, you know, they took their class and yeah. they had to use what they taught in the class. I'm like, well. I'm gonna start cooking. I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm gonna show you my stuff. <laughs> and you did, and and, and you did. I, team, how many times were you Florida Team of the Year? Yeah, and I've been. I'm two-time Florida Team of the Year. Yeah. So you know, it, it, the hard part about that, you know, it's you've got to be really good, but you've got to grind out every contest. I mean, if you miss a contest, uh, rarely does a team Team of the Year not cook every contest. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's kind of last man standing. I mean, it, because the points are cumulative. It's not they don't pick your like ten best or your seven best or your fifteen best. It's it's everything added up together. So, uh, you know, I think this year I'm already like six contests back. But uh, so it, it hasn't been a you know I've done it and it's and it's a great thing to win. Uh, you know, but, you know, my priorities have changed a little bit, you know, I want to travel more, see more and, you know, push my sauces more. So, I mean, this, this downtime has really been beneficial for well, me because it's given me a lot more time to focus on it. But, you know, the flavors that you've got, miss it. you know, the, the flavors you've got, man, apricot, Hawaiian, uh, the smoky, and you also have a line of uh, salsas that kind of intrigue me. You've, you're kind of you're, you're kind of like the the outside of the box guy. Well, actually, the weird the, the crazy thing is my first product was a peach my peach salsa, mm-hmm. and then my second was black bean and corn, and then I roasted garlic, then a traditional, and then I did some hot sauces that were kind of you know familiar recipes with some of those, and then. Uh, and then barbecues were actually last on the list of things of products that I started off with, and and it was uh, and it was weird how it all started. You know, my mom actually she's a fan of mustard-based sauces. She's from Georgia. I am too. So, the first sauce I made, like a Georgia, like a spicy mustard sauce, and uh, and that's that recipe is the same now as it was then. But that's actually my base for every sauce that I make. Mm-hmm. So, I love telling people that you know. Mustard sauce wins in competitions, and, and, and they're like, "Oh, you're full of crap." Like, well, here, here they are. So, yeah. so I saw where yeah, you, but, I saw where you've got um, the sauces going into a, uh, 
a pretty major player. I know we have Publix here in uh, Chattanooga. And uh, how do you how do you yeah. how do you get your product placed in a in a large chain like a Publix? What what kind of hoops do you have to jump through to do that? <laughs> Fifteen years of hoops. I will say that. so. It's. Uh... You know, it's, it's tough. You got to be able to make the quantity. Your price has to be right, and you know they don't say yes often. You mm-hmm. know, I've pitched it to distributors. I've pitched it to the corporate offices, and you know, and not just publics, but you know, tons of people. You know, it's you know, you put your prices out, and you say, "This is what I can do. This is what I can make. This is taste these, please." You know, and sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they say, "Well." You know, we're kind of interested, but not now, you know, and they'll hook you up with another distributor. It's like we work with them. Maybe you could work something out with them. And, you know, it's just, you know, not giving up. It's really been what has made it happen. Um, you know, when I when I first posted that out, uh, you know, and I, I was in there before. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first started, I got my products in and. And it was uh, it was one of the best and worst times of my life because I was selling it great, and I had a, a sales company that was brokering my sales with this chain, and they missed a category review. But each year, you still have to pitch it, no matter what if your craft or whoever. You got to pitch your sauces every year. And uh, I didn't know the meeting got moved up three months. They weren't paying attention because I'm a small guy. Yeah. So when I called them to set up a meeting. I was already kicked out of the store. So hmm. I went from being on top of the world to being underneath it. And and it took, well, and that was like 2004. So it took 16 years for me to get back in. Now, when you when and you I, go in and pitch these products, is it like a, an episode on Shark Tank where you you got five, you know, five people <laughs> sitting and you go in there and go, hey, I'm Matt, I'm Matt yeah. Barber and. This is what I got, and I can, I can hula yeah. dance. I can do wonders, and eat cucumbers, and you need to buy my sauce. <laughs> no, I mean it's, it, you know, it'd be interesting. It'd be more fun if it was like that. But no, <laughs> it's a lot more. Uh, it's just, you know, you probably get 15, 20 minutes, and you, know, and you got to bracket that time out. You know what, what every five minutes is. Okay, five minutes of. The product description, five minutes of pricing and sales structure, and then five minutes of, you know, what your promotions calendar is going to be, and then five minutes on whatever else, you know, and it's uh, and you just leave your samples and leave, and then if they like it, they call you. I mean, I haven't had any of them taste my stuff in front of me. They're like, nah, we're you know, we'll put it out later. Hmm. So it's just, but it's. Uh, are they looking at something? Are they looking for something that they can make an an X amount? Um, like what are, like, what are your, what do the sauces retail for? What are they retailing for? Mine are actually retailing around three ninety nine to four forty nine. So, you know, I'm not that far off. Um, but where I'm at, it's the, it's the local section. So, you know, Florida is starting to promote smaller local businesses. So they've got a, a, a Florida section in the Florida stores for Florida made products. They've got a, a Georgia section in the Georgia stores for Georgia made products and and so on. They probably got a Tennessee, you know, section in some of the stores too. So they're doing their best to promote it and and give smaller you know gourmet type companies a shot at the shelf and which is great. I mean, it's a huge opportunity. And uh you know, and, and the goal there is to be selling enough in that section to where you can get put in the regular aisle. And then, you know, of course, you want to sell enough on the regular aisle to get another chain interested. Yeah. And then you want, you know, you just want to keep keep latching on and, and you know, scraping and crawling, you know, because it's, you know, it, it, you know, a lot of times you can get this shot and, you know, it, it's, you know, you could equate it to a lotto ticket that you have four, three or four years to cash in on. And you've got to make sure you don't screw that lotto ticket up. You don't. You don't want to get it wet. You don't want to mess it up. You don't want to tear it. You got to take care of it, and you got to work the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, 
as exciting as it is, it's scary as hell because you you know the uh, the opportunities like this don't come around that often, and when they do, you, you don't want to screw it up. You know, I, it's, I'll throw this you know, out. It'll, it'll me, be a life changing event. Let me throw this out to both of you. I had no idea how popular sauces were until I opened up my store a year ago, Matt and Ken. Ken is a backyard guy. Do you? I guess I guess because I I when I when I started barbecue, I just I went to a school, and um, you know I I you know I used what my what the uh, the team used and what they recommended. And of course, you know it was the same as everybody else, and um, and I didn't really have a, a palate for sauce or an interest in different kind of sauces. And Ken, I'll I'll say to you. When when you're out just shopping for barbecue, do you look at more sauces or do you look at more rubs? Um, probably more sauces actually, because I'm I pretty much got all my rubs in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't vary for that from that too much, but I've but just like Matt's uh, got these craft sauces, and man, there's a you know, uh, Matt, your business would would. Fit in good in Nashville, man. We have a lot of craft beer places here, and the, right, people, yeah. the yeah the people that's moved into Nashville, you know, they like uh, gourmet stuff and craft craft foods. You know, you know, hands on stuff, just like what you're doing. But back to your question, uh, no, I, the yeah. sauces is what I look at. There's a, even like uh, your Kroger and Publix, they have a lot of a lot of new ones in there that I've never even heard of. I've, I've been trying those some here lately. But I'd like to try some of Matt's. I've never tried that. You know, you know, before when I when I first got mine in, I was I I didn't even think about you know the mustard base or vinegar base sausage. I was getting the other things, and then I said, you know, I need some of that. I need some of these mustardy Eastern Carolina stuff. So I got I got in um, sassies, I got in uh, rubs, I got in uh, yes deer. Um, I got another one in there too. What is it? Um, there's somebody else's, but you know. Uh, you talk about that mustard-based vinegar sauce. You know that has become my favorite go-to sauce because not only do I like it in my barbecue, I like it in everyday eating. Like for chicken, dipping your chicken wings in it, uh, cheese sticks, uh, fried pickles. You know, in a in a mustard vinegar sauce, it's delicious. It, it to me it does. Now I know you could do the same with any other like a sweet barbecue sauce. But I, I just think that the the mustard vinegar thing for my palate at least is it, it it satisfies me and I didn't even know about it until I started selling sauces and in the number of people that come in and buy sauce at my store it it just, it just blew me away I'm, I'm not kidding I just could not believe that that sauce was that much more popular than rubs but then you go to the store. You know, I, I, that's me. I start doing my research after I open my store. Typical, you know, <laughs> you know, a great the, the great retailer that I am. Uh, you know, the the sauce aisle at Publix is a lot bigger than the uh, rub aisle. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So a light bulb went off yeah. in my head. You know, I'm trying to reinvent the wheel. But um, you know, Matt, you looks like you were kind of ahead of the. To me, you were ahead of the game. Uh, if you were back in '04. You know, pushing this salsa and this rubs and are in the uh, and the uh, sauces. I, I was too cool too soon. I, <laughs> I peaked too early, but hopefully I'm re-peaking. You know, but um, somebody, a, a guy actually, it's a, a guy up in Boston. I make hot sauce for, and when I posted that out, and I, when I first posted it out that we got into Publix, um, it was, uh, you know. You know, this took 15 years, and his quote on on my page was, uh, "It was like failure cannot deal with persistence, or something. It was something like that." And, and it was, uh, I've got it on my desktop, but I can't see it. But I actually I copied that, and 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 it was it was pretty fitting because it was one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, I mean, it, I could have easily just." given up it's like okay i'll just change my business plan and just go after this and or just you know maybe i'll just stick with bottling other people's stuff and maybe i'll just sell my stuff to small stores or at contests and but you know the fact that 
you know, I still pitched. I mean, I pitched it twice a year. Yeah. So it was it was a blessing, but it's uh, you know, it's, well, it's still scary. You know, you can either, when I always hear those, uh, it took 15 years or it took 20 years, you can you can look at it two ways. You can always look at it as persistence or sometimes I look at it, and it depends on the product, yeah. but sometimes I'll say, wow, this guy wasn't really very good at what he did if it took him, you know, 10 years to develop WD-40. You know, that's why they call it WD-40 because WD-1 through 39 wasn't didn't cut it, you know. <laughs> so finally WD-40 was the magic. <laughs> you know, it was the magic lubricant, yeah. and look where it is now. So, <laughs> you know, there's a saying well, that even uh, like that, go ahead, Ken. There's a, there's a saying that I tell my son quite often is, uh, you hadn't failed until you quit, and you certainly proved that. Uh, you know, you didn't yeah. quit, <laughs> yeah. You know, there you are, man. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Ken, yeah, it's, it's you know, musicians. You know, they're, they're in multiple bands and play forever, and then, you know, everything clicks, and they got a hit, and it's like, wow, it's like a, this guy came out of nowhere. I'm like, well, this guy's been around for 20 years, you know, playing gigs every night, but yeah. it just that one thing happened that, that made it work. So Yeah, John John Prine said, after, after 20 years, I was an overnight sensation. Um, the... Um, <laughs> Um, so you can, um, you know, you're, I guess, Matt, you can order on your, your website. Now, are you shipping to stores like mine? Like, can I put my, your rubs in my store? Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, for, for me, it's easier for me to ship it freight. Just for me to ship cases of bottles. You yeah. Know, like, that's what I mean. Our internet's shipping, but no, but shipping like six bottles in a box is fine, but shipping like three cases of six flavors and repacking those in other boxes. That's, you know, I'd rather just ship the freight. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's kind of like a 300 pound minimum, but no, I'd, I'd love to ship, ship that stuff out as much as possible, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I, I sell it the same that I do to, to everybody. You mm-hmm. know, it just depends what, what yeah. your margins are. You know, I've never, I've places. never tried your salsa um, that I've never tried your salsa. That really, the the salsa really intrigues me. Uh, as um, I guess, I, I would tell you now that you have one. One of those four flavors will be the best damn crap you've ever had in your life, and it and it could be three of them. Three, one of the three. I mean, the restaurant style is just a plain. I mean, it's nothing fancy, but the peach was the first one so that's my favorite mm-hmm. and i like it because it's different the black bean and corn is just i mean it's good on everything I yeah mean, baked potatoes eggs but it doesn't matter the roasted garlic you can make pizzas with it i mean it's but yeah one of those three will you'll be like damn it what the hell where has this been on my life yeah, because that... you know and those those are what started this whole thing and and it's uh, and from a business aspect too, um, you're going to empty that jar out in 40 minutes. That's going to be gone. You know, you buy a, a sauce of you know bottle, a barbecue bottle. You're going to that might unless you're at a contest. You're gonna, it, you know if you're at a contest, it's gone. But if you're buying for your house, it might last two three weeks. But mm-hmm. that jar of salsa, it's getting it's getting ate that minute, and then it, it ain't going back in the fridge. So the the rollover for that and the repurchase is great. So, you know that's kind of kind of why I, I've I've stuck with it and I've still continued to make them. But, um, you know, and it's just it's hard having time to make your own stuff when you make other people's stuff. And it's uh, you know so some of this downtime has really helped me get some of my packaging stuff done. You know because I'm doing the rubs. The rubs will be coming out soon. And, mm-hmm. And uh, some other, I've got some salad dressings I want to do. Uh, so this, the non-contest thing has actually, you know, helped me get off my butt a little bit as far as the. Uh, well, Matt, is your is your background side. is your background? Are you are you like a, do you have a culinary background? Because the things you make are you know you know when you talk to people that make rubs and um, sauces, they, it's usually just barbecue rubs, barbecue sauces. There's not a lot of uh, there's no you know they don't mention. Uh, salsa they don't ma- they don't mention 
salad dressing. Have you got some sort of a, a food background, like a professional background, or is this something you just you just dreamt well, up that I, ran with I, it? Actually, my, my <laughs> I tell you, I'm 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 the I'm the uh, the rain man of sauces. But no, uh, <laughs> you know, I was uh, my background was actually uh, I went to actually I went to Savannah College of Art and Design. So my my background is painting and illustration and graphic mm-hmm. design. Okay. And uh, so um, I actually was I was an art director for a grocery store chain, designing packaging and stuff for them. So that's kind of what what led me into what I do now because I'm like you know because I would make this the peach sauce for friends and parties and Christmas parties and stuff and and that people said you should bottle it and I'm like oh crap I'm a designer I could design my own labels and it just kind of grew from there but well you've got one of the coolest labels you got a cool label you know the hot Wachula where did what is like what is a Wachula what is, what is yeah. it yeah where'd that name come from you know, it, I went, when I first started this, it was like in 2000, but I've been trying to come up with names for probably two years before that. And this was before the internet. So every time I tried to do a trademark search, I, I was spending 1500 bucks. Yeah. And that, that, that guy Tampa was just cashing them checks. Yeah. So I'm like, what about this? What about that? Nope. What about this? You know, cause he was the only one that could look on the database and, you know, or through the books or whatever the hell they did back then. And uh, so I, I was at work and my, my boss at that point, who was the VP or my boss's boss, he, he's like, well, how's it going? I'm like, man, I, I can't trademark crap. I can't find a name. Everything I'd come up with is taken or something's close to it. And then it's, you know, and he's like, well, either make up a word or find a local or regional word to incorporate into it because then you could check you know like the state corporations you know website or you know you call them up is there anybody incorporated with this name or have a business with this name and if you're good in the state then the likelihood would be you're good nationwide because if it's a regional word nobody in montana is going to have a everglades whatever whatever you know so after that, I was like, thinking of names and, you know, looking at road signs and, you know, and it's a lot of seminal words down here. And, and uh, you know, uh, some of them are a little too hard to, to pronounce. But, I mean, I, I went from, like, fire dog, salsaholics. Um, one of the names with Wachula, I shouldn't be saying this. It's going to come back and get me. Uh one of the names with Wachula, Wachula is actually a small town about 30 miles south of where I where I lived at that point. And uh, that actually is a similar word for the call of a sandhill crane, the big gray birds with little red mohawks on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that sounds, that sounds spicy. Um, so my first incorporate, my first business name with, with Wachula was Fuzzy Wachulas. And I thought I could just have this scruffy guy with a beard, you know, like Panama Jack, with a scruffy guy, this hot, you know, fuzzy Wachula. And then I, I, I went to work, and I was passing that name around, and this girl, uh, yeah, she just stepped to me, she's like, sounds like balls. <laughs> so there went so fuzzy Wachula just got shot down. I'm like, yeah. Damn it. Now, see, I wasn't thinking I wasn't thinking of male testicles when I heard it. See, something else popped into my mind when you say that fuzzy watch you was. So then, you know, and it probably took six months, and I was actually at, a, at an Irish bar in Lakeland and still bouncing off names to everybody, and it just hot watch you was just kind of popped out there. And I'm like, okay, that's. That works. That sounds spicy. That's, you make spicy foods. It's not. I'm not pigeonholed into salsa or hot sauce or barbecue or this. It's kind of broad, so I'm, I'm not. My my company name's not going to dictate the products that I make, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just kind of went from there, and it was. Uh, it took. It cost me thousands of dollars to get to that point, but it's. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's still, but so it is a similar word. It means the call of a sandhill crane, but, you know, for me, it could be provocative. I mean, it's, 
if you've never heard of it before, it's like, you know, check out the hot wachulas on her. Or like, you got <laughs> you know, it, so we can be a little provocative, but welcome to the locker room. I like it. Fuzzy wachulas, so I like it. Yeah. What? Hey, man, did I, did I read somewhere that like your, your sauces are all gluten free? Did I read that? Did I read that? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Well, yeah, that was that, that was one of the things that's that's been since I make my own stuff and, and I make stuff for other people. You know, a, a lot of the products that come in that people want me to make for market and user. That's where all the the high fructose stuff is from, and you know, some of that stuff has you know, depending on, on what uh, sauces or so or whatever you use, you know, some of that has some gluten in it. And, so, but yeah, everything I make has no high fructose and no gluten in it. Um, you know, and I've had to redevelop people's recipes to get the high fructose out. Um, and it's, and at that point, it's just me making a, I've got a ketchup recipe that I can substitute and swap it out for their ketchup that they're using okay. in the recipe. But, uh, you know, it's an easy process and, you know, it's just most people don't want to take the time to create their sauces from scratch from the start you know and if you know right. it's and if you start a tomato paste and and vinegar and sugar and this you know you wouldn't have all those things but the fact that you're you know i get so many people coming in it's like okay I, I use a bottle of that and two bottles of that and i, and I thin it out with a bottle of that what's yeah. it gonna cost me and i'm like a crap load it's gonna cost you a crap load it's, yep. you know it's um, make your own recipe of that make your own recipe of that and you know, then you can figure it out. So it's, uh, and I don't know how I got good at it, but I mean, it's for some reason I've got good taste buds and I've been able to like taste stuff and make it and copy it. And, you know, I've actually developed uh, some sauces for a grocery store chain because uh, they wanted copies of another sauce that sold well, you know, and they want a private, instead of private labeling it, they just, had somebody else make it, and I, I formulated the recipes for mm-hmm. them. Uh, but it's a uh, so I guess my fancy title for that would be organoleptic consultant. <laughs> I think is the proper term for that, but uh, I can't spell it, so I don't say it much. So. Well, we must have been good at it because you're sitting in front of a big old swimming pool on the lake somewhere. So so good for you. <laughs> hey, um, man, what's the website? What's the website where people can go to? What's the website, Matt, so people can... What's that? What's your website so people can go look oh, at your stuff? It's hotwachulas.com. Okay, so that's easy. And spell Wachula. It's got, it's got all of our sauces and hot sauce. Not sauce. Mm-hmm. It's H-O-T-W-A-C-H-U-L-A-S.com. And you can look check out all of Matt's... It's got, uh, it's got all, of our, all the barbecues, all the sauces, and it'll have some rubs on there probably in a two three weeks so um good we'll try and get those out here pretty soon all right let's shift into fourth gear here real quick guys uh let's talk a little barbecue economics ken we'll start with you um matter of fact we'll talk about uh population economics up in uh matt you probably haven't heard or you may have it depends on what how much newspapers you read uh john cooper the uh, mayor of uh was it davidson county yeah, David. Yeah. Y'all have Metro government, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Metro government up in Nashville. Uh, the mayor, John Cooper, proposed a 31% property tax increase. Was that across the board, Ken? Yes. Yeah, man. It sure is. And, uh, and real quick, Matt, just to fill you in, Carrie, uh, Carrie Bringle, um, Carrie Pringle, rather, uh, I know you know Carrie. He wrote a letter that he circulated on um, Facebook, and uh, can and share with everybody what a little bit of what that letter said, because these were some these were some just astronomical numbers that were being thrown yeah. around. Yeah, well, Carrie, just give just a little history real quick. Carrie, uh, Carrie owns the Tag Lake Forfeit, which is uh, now it's in a trendy part of Nashville. It's called the Gulch, but he was one of the he was one of the first ones in there to. Uh, Go in there and revitalize. He uh, he bought an old uh, electrical building 
their electrical uh, contractor. And I think he paid $350,000. No, he paid $500,000 for the building and put $350,000 in it. Well, uh, four years later, his business did so well, he put another $2 million in it. Uh, he added a second floor and did some other improvements. I don't know what else he did. But long story short, his taxes uh, right now, his property tax has gone up uh, 1,100%. So right now, uh, he's paying $56,000 a year just in property tax. Mm -hmm. And that's not, and so if they put this 32% on there or 31%, uh, he's going to have, since he bought it seven years ago, his property taxes is going up 1,600%. So that's $72,000 a year property tax. And so his property tax per month is going to be 6,000 bucks just for, uh, just for the property tax, man. That's not the mortgage. That's not anything else. Expenses. So now, you know, I know, I know Nashville, you know, about, I think about a hundred people a day moved to Nashville. It's one of the fastest growing cities in the country. What, uh, Kenny, is, is it a lot of, um, is it, was it due mostly from the tornado damage or is it from this, uh, shutdown? Is it a combination or is it, uh, is it years and years of mismanagement of funds that, uh, well, cause I think this is going to be, cause I, the, the, and the reason I'm talking about this, Matt, is because. And Ken, the reason is, I think on the other side of this, that's it's what we're all in all of our communities are going to be facing. I mean, I don't think I mean you know you, you know everything's going to come back to roost, and uh, and I just think that you know everybody's going to be in every no matter where you live, you're going to be in for a shocker, because that's what hurts the most. You know, everybody says our income tax is going to go up. You know, I hate that too, but nothing hurts you like a property tax because when those guys go up, man, wow, that hurts. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking, you know, there might be a little mismanagement in the past, but what's happened to Nashville is we had that tornado a couple months ago to come through. I mean, it came right through the middle of Nashville. It had that, and then the COVID right behind it. So it's pretty much drained. I mean, they're down, I, I just read the other day, they're down to like, a, I think it was 11 million bucks for all Whoa. the city's got. So they're trying to make up a big difference by hitting everybody with that property tax. Matt, what about what about down in uh, your part of Florida? I think it was it Lakeland. Imperial Polk County. Yes, I, I'm sorry, I forgot. I forgot to. to. It isn't that. What what is what's the situation there? You know, I don't know much about the property tax stuff, um, but I know. Uh, you know, the catering business is pretty much shut down. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, uh, it's just been a struggle for every small restaurant, you know, having to, uh, to do takeout, you know, and it's, you know, the one thing that's tough is, you know, you know, a lot of the landlords and, you know, the property owners are, you know, you're getting that stay, you know, from getting, you know, evicted. But once they lift that, once that date pops, that courthouse is going to be, have a line out the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of people trying to evict people out. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's not like these places are making money and not paying the rent. They're not. So in three months, they're not going to have three months of rent saved up. You know, they don't. It's not like they're making the money to, to, to pad it up to be able to pay. And then mo you know, most of the times when you're once you're late. Yeah, you know that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing. You're gonna walk into a you walk into a courtroom and said, you know, I wanted to work, Judge. Uh, you know, the county the county said I couldn't work, Judge. Now, how can I make money to pay this guy his rent or pay the bank my mortgage when it wasn't me, it was them? You know how how's that gonna play out? And I'm I'm mad. I'm with you a hundred percent. All the Everybody's playing nice right now. You keep, you know, you keep hearing this. We're all in this together and all that crap. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking around for the next guy to pay my house payment. You know, like, all right, who's going to pay it this month? Because we're all in this together, right? So who do I give it to? You know, but I'm like you. I'm thinking uh, when July 1st rolls around, kaboom! I think that's going to be the slap in the face. Yeah, when the landlord's note is due, his tenants are going to pay. You know, it, yeah. it's just. How it's gonna be? I, I, you know, I know a lot of the caterers around here. They're, I mean, they're setting up 
you know, food truck or, you know, they're setting up on the corner. I mean, they're trying to do, you know, whatever they can to keep money coming in because, I mean, they, you know, you plan on, you know, a couple thousand bucks every weekend for weddings and different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, when that dries up, you know, you try and diversify. So, you, okay, we'll get a, a food truck trailer set up. We'll go on this corner and sell food. And, and it's, you know, it's just tough. I mean, I, I feel, you know, I was in a weird position because, you know, we got noticed that we were getting picked up uh, in like the middle of February. Mm-hmm. You know, so then a month after that, you know, everything hit the fan. And it's like, you know, and I'm thinking, well, how am I going to get, you know, I didn't even know if I was essential at that point. You know, thankfully, you know, since we made food and we were in the, the food chain and we were part of the Department of Ag, you know, we kind of yeah. really snuck through as far as being an essential business. But even for us, it was, uh, you know, depending on what products I was making, you know, I, I could go I could go to Sam's usually and pick up a couple cans of this, a couple bags of that. Now it's like, well, no, you can only grab one can of ketchup. I'm like, well, crap, I need like 80 cans of ketchup, you know. Yeah, they don't have anything. You know, so then, that, yeah. so then you got to drive an hour away to somewhere else. And and then and then it's like, you know, you hear all these stories like where we can't find people to pick the tomatoes. You know, they're plowing tomatoes under and mm-hmm. rusting. You know, all the all the schools that bought all this food, you know, you know, millions, trickle, millions trickle, trickle down, trickle, trickle down economics works both ways. You know, that's what a lot of people don't, so don't realize so it, like, it works both ways. So then, so then in six months, you know, what's my tomato price going to be? Yeah. What's, what's my tomato price going to be? What's my tomato going to be? Will I be able to find any peaches at all? Uh, you know, what is going to be? Is anything going to come in? from out of the country at all i mean it's you know the, my bottle prices are going to go up because most of those come from india or or you know south america or china or mm-hmm. somewhere and uh you know, you know i went into i went into walmart a lot of that stuff is contracted to with, from you know american glass companies and they're, they're having it made over there and brought in so you know i'm in this struggle of you know should I buy as much as I can now and sit on it just so I know I have it or should I risk it and then wait and not be able to get it? And so it's a crazy time. You know, I went into Walmart today. I w- I've got a bubble machine that I, I, I put out at the gas station when I do events and stuff. It just blows bubbles. You know, they don't have bubbles at Walmart. They're out. <laughs> I said, I, I said, where are the bubbles? He goes, we're out. I said, how can you be out of bubbles? I'm talking about, you know, the, the big, you know, you've seen the thing you get for your grandkids or your kids, the big gallon sized bubbles. He goes, you can't get them. Nobody's working, man. And I said, you know what? You're right. Even, you know, the bubble factory is not essential. So the bubble factory shut down. So, all right. Hey, all right. right, We're going to go to overdrive. Let's go to overdrive. You ready to talk about some barbecue hall of fame? All right. Let me read the, let me read the, uh, the 2000, the 2020, uh, nine semifinalists. These are uh, courtesy of uh, the Barbecue Central show we got yesterday. Uh, Bill Arnold, creator of Blues Hog Sauce. Joe Don Davidson, Oklahoma Joe's. Aaron Franklin, Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, Texas. Uh, the famous meathead of Amazon or uh, AmazingRibs.com. Uh, John Marcus, uh, the creator of Barbecue Pitmasters and, and many other. Uh, Barbecue type competition shows. Desiree Robinson of Cozy Corner Restaurant in Memphis. Uh, Rodney Scott over in Eastern Carolina, Whole Hog uh, Barbecue. Uh, Darren Worth, that goes without saying, Smokey D's Barbecue. And Leanne Whippin, down in your part of the country, Matt. Um, she's She has uh, literally done it all uh, in barbecue and now has a. Uh, um, a, a a restaurant down in uh, uh, Tampa, or it's either Tampa or what's what's down in Tampa. Um, what's what's right next well, to it's, it? It's in Tampa yes. or St. Pete. You don't you don't get them mixed up. I know that for sure. You get it mixed up and you get emails and people call you an idiot. So whatever it is down there. All right, all right, um, Matt. We'll go with you first. Give me the from this nine. 
the uh, the three uh, people that will be inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year will be voted on by the current um, uh, members of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So I think there's 30, I think there's 32 members. Some are deceased. I think their families get to vote. But however, that's who votes them in. And of these nine, only three will get in. And Matt, I will, I will start with you. Give me your three who you think. So, um, well, the no-brainer for me is Darren. Uh, you know, it's. I was Smokey D's. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind that that Darren worked you know, deserves it. I mean, I was, we were cooking next to him at the Houston uh, Livestock and Radio in, I guess, 2017. And I was cooking there with Carlo and Ernest and some other people because they won the San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So we were in the champion's corner. So it was the winner of the Jack, the winner of the Royal, the winner of San Antonio, and the repeat winner from Houston the year before. And uh, so Darren had won the Royal. And I think he like came second or third in the, the other, either the Invitational or the, Royal, or the Invitational. Uh, he won the Jack the year before. He had won every big contest in the world. Yeah. Within a 12 month and then he won that. And uh, so for me, that's when you win every big contest and within a 12, 16 month period, you know, you're in. I mean, the likelihood of anybody ever doing that again in that time frame, well, I don't see it ever happening. Yeah, the only, um, one, he, only one he's still looking for is uh, Memphis in May, I think. Yeah. All right, well, who's your second? Get it. Who's your second? Who's your second choice? Um, you know, I would say my second choice would be Aaron Franklin. Okay. And just because of the the popularity that he has brought to to barbecue and and to and to restaurants, uh, you know, I know he doesn't do any competitions really at all, and, and that's not his his thing. But you know, for me. You know, part of what I think, you know, once you get to a certain level or, you know, if you consider yourself a professional pit master, part of your job to me is to promote the, the sport, to promote what is barbecue, to whether it's in how you carry yourself or how you talk to people or how you promote it or what if you travel or, you know, whatever you do, you know, and I think he's done a lot for barbecue. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's you know not competition stuff, but uh, for restaurants and and people's perception of what barbecue is, uh, you know everybody knows who Aaron Franklin is. All right, who's number you know, three? He was the, uh, was the first barbecue guy to win the the James Beard Award. So you know it was a that was a huge thing. You know when he did that that first time. So he would be my second choice. All right, number three. My third. Would be, <laughs> but that's the tough one. Well, no, it's not. I, I would still probably go with Bill Arnold. Okay. Uh, you know, and because his sauce has meant so much to competition teams for so long, and you know, from from me being in the business. You know, he is to barbecue sauce is what Tabasco was to hot sauce. You know, mm -hmm. To me, he was he was early in and, and he was one of the first. And, you know, he's, you know, for years and even still now, unless you're using my stuff, I mean, you got to use his stuff. <laughs> and it's it's just one of those those things. Nobody knows who he is. And, so, you know, from a competition aspect, uh to have been the, the go-to product for 
90% of the teams that do well, you know, it's, it's huge, you know, and it's, uh, and to, and I know what it takes to, to, to be there and survive. And, and I know the struggle of, of a sauce company and, and it, it's, it's a tough, it's, it's, it's a tough gig. So, you know, that would probably be my, my third pick. All right. Darren. Matt Matt says Bill Arnold, Bill. Aaron Franklin, and Darren Worth. All right, we go to Nashville, Tennessee, to the Owls Nest Barbecue correspondent Ken Smith. Your top three, Kenny. All right, uh, my top three. First one's going to be Aaron Franklin. Okay. Much for a lot of the same reasons that Matt just said, because uh, I work with a lot of with, with some younger guys, uh, anywhere from eighteen to probably mid mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, teach them, uh, you know, just the basics of barbecue. I'm just a backyard bar. I'm just a backyard griller. I've right. been doing it a long time, so I'm helping these guys get started. And almost every time uh, I ask them if they ever watch anything on YouTube, all the young guys ask me if I've heard of Aaron Franklin. Mm-hmm. That's like the first thing out of their mouth. So he's so he's helping to promote it toward you know to the the younger the you know the younger guys trying to get started. All right. Uh, plus, you know, the videos and all, all that good stuff. He's awesome. Man. And then uh, number two is going to be another one he had, Bill Arnold. Because uh, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm an old dude, man. I've been grilling for a long time, but only about the last three or four years have I really tried to up my game. And I uh, started using uh, Blues Hog. And with that Blues Hog, man, it, it's been a game changer for me. Because I, I, you know, I can try a sauce and, yeah, new sauce. I don't really like it. Man, I dump a little bit of that blues hog in there, and it makes it pretty good. You know, either the the red or the regular blues hog or Smoky Mountain, whatever it is. You know, I can I can usually doctor it up where, where it's pretty pretty darn good. So I like I like Bill Arnold. <laughs> that stuff does taste yeah. good. Or right, who's three? Yeah, man. Yeah, this is one because I I told you I was trying to up my game three or four years ago, and uh, but anyway, meathead. I mean, with that, with that uh, website he's got, man, you can go in there. And, you know, I don't know how many hits he's got on that website, but you can go in there and you can, you can learn anything you want to, the science of the meat, the techniques, you know, it, just about anything. So, uh, yeah, so that's my three right there. All right, Jeffrey, Jeff Maxwell, my, my uh, chat room moderator, he's saying Darren, Aaron, and Meathead, uh, Trish Hamilton, Hines, Trish Hines, Sassy's Barbecue. You probably know her, Matt. Uh, she's saying Aaron Franklin for sure. Um, okay, I'm going to give you mine. And I'm going to tell you who should go in. Now, this might not be who will go in, but this is who should go in. Number one is Meathead. Okay? He has done more, more for getting people started in the barbecue, keeping their attention, um, for the longest time, I mean, he was he was on the internet when we didn't know what the internet was uh, with his uh, website, Amazing Ribs. Uh, the second is going to mine on mine is going to be John Marcus. He is the he's the reason that most of us, not not YouTube, but people like me, got into the barbecue world from watching barbecue pitmasters. Uh, Matt, you are a uh, a benefactor of that sort of a second generation, having appeared on Smoked. Um, yeah. With uh, Jim, uh, with Jim Elzer, with my favorite uh, Smoked episode of all time. Um, he uh, also people don't realize people don't realize the shows that he did before the popularity of Barbecue Pitmasters. He. Uh, you know, Leanne has been on television uh, a lot longer than she went, than just being on Pitmasters. Uh, uh, Ray Lempy, Doctor Barbecue. I mean, he was the king of the of the early uh, John Marcus shows. Nobody beat Ray. I mean, Ray'd take down Myron, and you know, you know, he'd hold him down and twist his nose. Ray was the man on the uh, early John Marcus shows. So um, he is an important figure in uh, barbecue. And my third person is going to be Desiree Robinson from Memphis. She is a restaurateur, dedicated her life to her uh, family running that restaurant, which is one of the most popular places in Memphis. 
and I and I just think that the uh, what she represents to all the people in the barbecue restaurant business is what they strive to be as someone who does it uh, consistently every day, comes in every day. Uh, you know, you don't you know you don't see you know you see Aaron Franklin, uh, you know, with his uh, masterclass videos and uh, his YouTube videos. He's out front. He does a great job. But what people don't see is when when um, Aaron Franklin goes in early and he's uh, opening cans of beans and he's peeling, you know, uh, doing the restaurant, the grunt work. And uh, that's what Desiree has done for so many years. So my picks are Meathead, John Marcus, and Desiree Robinson. So we'll see. We'll see how they go. And I think they uh, vote on that in just a couple weeks. So uh, interesting, interesting talk there on the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Matt, do you keep up with the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Is that something you strive to be in maybe someday? Uh, I don't really keep up with it, but it is something, you know, to say I, I don't want to be in it would be a lie. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. <laughs> you know, to uh, to be considered for it would be an honor, you know, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, that is something that you would definitely want to strive for. I mean, we, you know, down in Florida, we have our own uh, Florida Barbecue Hall of Fame. And Are you in of it? Of course, it'd be. Are you in you know, it? At some point, it'd be, you know, you know Rub, got, Rub got put in last or last year or the year before last. So, uh, you know, it's, it's always an honor to get, you know, to have your peers, you know, vote on you and, and, you know, consider you to be, you know, worthy of a, of a stat, status like that, you know. Oh, I agree 100%. Uh, so, of course, it would definitely be a goal. I, I, I would not turn that down at, at any day, you know. And it's, uh, you know, the one thing, like when, when I was on after I got the, the brisket at the Royal, you know, it's like my name's on that wall now, mm-hmm. you know. So, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's always, you know, having something uh, – that lasts longer than you is always uh Ken, just in case you didn't you didn't know, Ken, last year it's a Royal Matt Matt uh, won the brisket category. Was it the uh which one? Was it the open or the uh invitational? Matt? It was the it was the invite. It's the invite. He had a one eighty on brisket. Perfect score on his brisket. Wow. And what kind of brisket was that, Matt? A It was an A nine uh, from, from the butcher shop, Kevin and his son. Shop, yes, yeah. sir. Australian Wagyu, so it was uh, it was pretty. The weird thing, well, I think I talked about the, my brisket the second day was twice as good, but I got hammered on. <laughs> you know, but it's just that's just how how it rolls. But you got to cook good food, but you got to cook yeah, good food and get on a good table. Right, you you, you got to be good, and you got to be lucky. So. Good and lucky. But yeah, it's you know it, it's an honor for all those people to be nominated. So it, it's uh. You know that should be everybody's goal. You know, in this sport, to mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to carry themselves and do well enough to, that their peers feel that they're deserve. You know, that they're deserving of something of that stature, which is which is a huge honor. You know, of course, um, congrats to everybody that got nominated. I think it's great. Hey, fellas, thank you so much. We got to roll. I sure appreciate your time okay. and your talent. And Matt, I'll be calling you. We need to get Thanks, some um, hot Wachula's sauce and salsa in the Owl's Nest Barbecue Supply Store. We'll put that in the Florida section right next to Rub Bagby and uh, Trish Hines in the uh, Florida section of the yeah, store. Yeah. And uh, we'll make sure you get some of that peach. Man. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them all. I'm gonna get them all. And Ken, when you drive down to see us in a couple weeks, we'll have them. Okay. Yeah. Ken Smith, the Al's Nest Barbecue Nashville correspondent, and uh, Matt Barber from Hot Wachula's Barbecue down in Florida. Hotwachulas.com to see all of the sauces and uh, products that Matt and his staff come up with on a daily basis. Thanks, fellas. We appreciate you very much. All right. Let's get rid of those guys. Thank you so much. What a great... Great, great time with those guys. We had a good time. Uh, thanks to them for being here. Uh, next week, we'll be right back here on Thursday night at 7 o'clock with some more great barbecue talk. Remember when you need tires for your car, truck, or SUV, don't think of anybody 
else but Michelin tires. They're the best. And don't forget when it comes to barbecue flavor, put your barbecue, a great arsenal, or a great product to add to your barbecue arsenal. He's got your barbecue covered. Dave Bosque at Butcher Barbecue. Until next week, Steve Ray signing off from the Owls Nest Barbecue Show. Good night and good luck.